Who are some of the second year players that could be making a big jump in the upcoming NBA season? And who are some sleepers to keep an eye on out of this year's summer league? Listen to find out on today's Locked On NBA Big Board. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to today's show of Locked On NBA Big Board. My name is Richard Stamen. You probably know me as at Mavs Draft. I am joined by Leif Tulin, who is, we call him the grinder. Um, we call him that because he watches so much college basketball. He knows all the context, all the players coming in to the NBA, not to put a huge weight on his shoulders, but he knows the context of their games from college. And it's a really wonderful blend. You know me probably as at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Um, they call me over here on Locked On. They call me the Clip God, uh, even though I really don't like the Clippers. Of uh, I'm always posting video clips of prospects, high school, college, NBA, anything. But thank you so much for making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen of the day. This is the second day in a row you probably heard me notice Rafael is gone. Um, he will be back in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, thank you very much for making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen of the day. We are the only NBA draft show that goes five days a week, 52 weeks of the year. So it uh, really means a lot to us. But on today's show, we're going to talk about some big sophomore leaps that we see coming players from the 2021 class or uh, anybody who may have been stashed in 2020. And then we're going to go into some sleepers that have really stood out out of the summer league this year. So let's start with those sophomore leaps. I think it's more fun almost to like, yeah, there's a shiny new toy. Um, out of the 2022 class but the 2021 draft has some really special talents like we knew this is is not news but let's start talking about who we see making a big jump whether or not it relates to summer league leaf i'll let you go first i, I got one that directly correlates to summer league and it's a guy that we spoke about the very first episode we ever did together um in 2021 so this is coming full circle for the very loyal listeners uh I came on as a guest to talk about Trey Murphy, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, and Miles McBride. And I, I told Richard off the top, and we'd been texting a little bit, never admit. I said, I want to talk about Trey Murphy. Trust me, he's going to be awesome. Richard can confirm this in just a second. Anyway, Trey Murphy, flash forward about a year. Today, he had a 30-point game, and you saw flashes in the playoffs. I think he and Herb Jones are going to become a wing tandem that's going to be too good for the Pelicans to retain, but they may be able to create on rookie contracts with the amazing core of Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. I think this is a team that's ready to contend earlier than some others do. And I think the development of guys like Trey Murphy and Herb Jones, both of whom will be sophomores is incredibly important and on an elevated role. Think of him as a Cam Johnson, but I think he's better than Cam Johnson and Cam Johnson was third in the uh, six man of the year this past year. So Trey Murphy, I'm, I've still got all my stock on you. And I, I've, I've had that for, for a long, long time. I like the Trey Murphy pick. Yeah. You've been really the guy that always pointed me to him. Uh, never really saw him going as high as he went. He did. And he's been, he was good when he played. And I think he'll get a bigger role this year in new Orleans. And like you said, he compliments their current core really well because he's so plug and play. So with his three and D role, I like that pick a lot. My pick, I'm going to go, with summer league, but I don't think this player is actually playing in summer league this year, but he was a God in last year's summer league, like all Sacramento Kings are. I'm going to go with Davion Mitchell. Um, there's a reason I liked him. He had a massive usage for the end of the season, really the final month, which yes, it doesn't mean a lot because they were a team that they're kind of fighting for some playoff spots, but 
looking at the teams they faced, I mean, they had an easy schedule. So I take it with somewhat a grain of salt, but at the same time, there's some crazy flashes in his final 14 games. He had double digit scoring in all, but one of the games, it was a blowout against the Warriors. And in that stretch, he averaged 18 points a game on 46% shooting 34% from three. And what really stood out to me was he was getting eight assists a game. He had a game of 17 assists versus the Pelicans, 15 assists in the season finale against the Suns. They didn't really play anybody, but also had nine assists versus, uh, excuse me, Miami, nine assists versus Phoenix when they were playing people and they only lost by three points. I think Davion Mitchell is going to, with a full season without Tyrese Halliburton and really bringing it back even that far. Uh, the numbers really don't change a ton. There were there were some duds of scoring in there. He had a zero point game in 12 minutes against uh, excuse me Denver that holds it back, but still 14 points a game on 43 and a half, 44 percent from the field, 5.6 assists. So it's not that much of a leap where it's like okay, it wasn't a complete one off, and that was doubling the sample size pretty much, uh, one and a half somewhere in that range. So I like Davion Mitchell. He was a guy who showed out in summer league last year. Think he could be with a full season with that core really break out, especially on the offensive end. So who are some uh, of yours? Sorry, who, are, who do you have, Leaf, as your next uh, sophomore leap? Yeah, I was just going to say I really agree with that. I think Davion's primed for a bigger role, and he really improved at the end of the year. I'm going to take an, another one from Summer League who's just kind of been too loud of a, a, of a performer at Summer League for me to ignore, and that's Quentin Grimes. Uh, Quentin Grimes has arguably been the best player in the entire summer league. He's had monster performances in his two games. And, and, and I do think Grimes has a role to occupy. I think part of the reason that you want to take a guy to break out is you want them to have an opportunity window. Well, I think Evan Fournier is feeling the pressure and Quentin Grimes, maybe the two guard of the future for the, for the Knicks. And, and he's shot really well. He's a big guy. He's mature. Um, and he and he's shown some playmaking that you didn't anticipate. He won't be asked to do that too often, but I think um, that, that there's a real opportunity for Quentin Grimes to make some noise for himself this year, especially in a market as crazy as the Knicks market is. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what he does. He was a guy last year that I, I watched a lot of film on late, and I was like, oh man, I don't know if his this will translate because physically. He's big, but he's not like super quick. And, and he's just a gamer. He, he shoots the ball. I, that was one thing I was confident would translate high release. Was shooting better than I realized he even would this soon. And he's quicker than I realized. So I think I think you're you're primed for a breakout for the Knicks at the two guard. And I think he's going to take over that starting spot next year. I like that. It's interesting. It's a tough one. That's a very bold prediction given Jalen Brunson's there. Um, I don't know what to make of that because what would have likely been his role gets deeply replaced. I, I think Jaylen. Brunson plays the one though. Like, yeah, and but, quickly, quickly, maybe he plays the two and three. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll expand that. Cause, cause obviously he's not going to play over Brunson. That, 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 that's true. I, I think that his role will be take, he'll be taking the Evan Fournier role. And I think he may have, like carved into the quickly minutes because quickly and Brunson's a smaller backcourt. So he, he, because he's bigger um, fits the modern basketball more. And, and I think with the shooting, the outbreak of uh, impressive performances at summer league, he may have gotten himself fit, 10 more minutes per game. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with that. Um, my next one is Keon Johnson. Uh, I know I'm not just saying this because I know I've had a lot of uh, Blazers fans ask for more Keon, or excuse me, Portland content. And I know locked on Grizzlies host, Sean Coleman will be internally grateful for me for this as a huge volunteers fan, but Keon Johnson has an interesting spot in Portland because 
you know, he really was a almost the core piece, almost a throw in in a way for the Robert Covington, Norm Powell stuff, uh, that trade. So I think they value him. And for a team that they had a decent roster overhaul, um, I'm interested to see what his role is because they signed Gary Payton, who I absolutely love. And I think Gary Payton might be one of Keon Johnson's comparisons uh, just because they're, they're so electric in athleticism, not really a point guard, struggles shooting, but just love defense. Um, his Portland stats were pretty nice. He played there pretty much after the all-star break to the close of the season, averaged 10 points a game, inefficient though, uh, but shot 35% from three. And if there's really a takeaway of those kind of empty stats, because I think the Blazers won a total of like two games in that span. Um, so not really anything to take away, maybe three, something like that. The three point percentage is very real. And I think that could be something that benefits him a lot. Uh, if he becomes a shooter that can in any way, even if it's just like sitting in the corner, kind of how Gary Payton was to an extent in Golden State, uh, being there's that off ball player cutting three point shooting, either one. Um, I think he's somebody who could uh, who could take a jump. But Leaf, who's your last uh, sophomore jump? That's a tough one. I think uh, the obvious ones are kind of like the Warriors guys who've stood out in summer league. Uh, I think I think that both of those are those guys. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga are primed for for leaps, but but they were lottery picks, and you expected them to dominate. Um, I think those are the guys that have the most like household ability to do it, but I'll go with a guy that uh, I think is getting some slack for inefficiency in the summer league, but I've seen traits that will really uh, carry over. And that's Josh Christopher. Uh, Josh Christopher's on the Rockets. He's got a really young core. They're likely to move Eric Gordon, opening up more time at the two guard position. Um, obviously he'll have some people to contend with and including his, his friend Jalen green, but I, what he does well is he slashes and he gets the line. I think the a trait of good scores, and, and this is something that I hold strong about, is when you see a player can get to the free throw line at an early age. Like So, for instance, Bryce McGowan's was this, that I think he'll be a good scorer because he can get to the free throw line. He's got great touch. Well, Josh Christopher's that, and he's got a strong body, and he's found a way to carve out space. Even though he's been inefficient he uh, at times in this summer league, he had a dominant game against the thunder and he was able to really just get wherever he wanted and, and score. Um, I, excuse me. That was against the magic, but, um, but I, I think he's primed for a breakout. I'm not sure if it's this upcoming year, but soon, because it's hard to hold off that talent from scoring um, soon enough. And so I think he's a guy that primed for a breakout. That was a high profile high school recruit, but slipped in a little bit in the draft. And I think he regains his status as that, that upper echelon of player in that draft class. I like that pick a lot. Uh, my last pick is somebody who he had the best game so far of anybody in summer league. I talked about this on yesterday's episode, used him as the, the example of how to read into summer league, but Moses Moody, he had 34 points, five rebounds, uh, two blocks. That was on eight of 13 shooting three of six from three. It was a really impressive outing. Um, he plans to play in summer league again. It wasn't just a one-time thing and pull him, but his role is so translatable. I mean, he was a lottery pick. Um, kind of tagging along with what you said with uh, Jonathan Kuminga. Um, I, I really do like his game to scale up three and D. So I, I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, I think it's just 34 is not what he's going to be doing in the NBA, but that three and D role is very replaceable, especially Gary Payton dropping out of the rotation, going to Portland. So um, yeah, no, so that's our sophomore jumps, but you know, we're also going to get into uh, some of who are some sleepers 
from pretty much anybody in summer league. Uh, that's not like, you know, we're not going to say Powell Boncaro is a sleeper because everybody knows and that's who people are showing up to summer league for. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. See what I did there with treat? That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built Bar you love a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness, but stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, high in protein, and all delicious. I got my package, Leaf. I don't know if you got yours. They're really tasty. I'm a sucker for these, uh, the marshmallow style, anything built, uh, excuse me, the protein bars, let alone from Built Bar. Coconut brownie, brownie chunk puffs are here only for a limited time. So go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. And best of all, all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more effectively and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet, brownie, creamy marshmallows. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com right now to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. And we have a special offer there. If you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED, 15 L O C K E D one five and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15. So again, my name is Richard Samen. You might know me better as at match draft. I'm joined by leaf to who, again, I want to emphasize how much he knows basketball. Uh, and I've heard he's a pretty good basketball player himself too. Uh, from what the kids call a hooper. I heard he's a true point guard, but more importantly, you trust his takes because he knows so much about the college game. So let's dive into some of these players that slipped through the cracks of college basketball and the NBA draft. Who are some players that are just absolute sleepers? We'll start with, let's start with the second round undrafted guys first. Who, who has stood out for you in summer league? Uh, one guy from, from a season ago, if we're still, still talking, those is Sandro Mamukalashvili. Uh, Seton Hall, Big East Player of the Year, or Co-Big East Player of the Year with Colin Gillespie and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And I thought, honestly, he was robbed of being the Player of the Year just to stand alone. Uh, he is a very versatile big who's kind of a modern small ball five, can play the four. He's learning how to shoot. He's left-handed, and he passes. He shoots the ball well. He rebounds. He plays out of the post. He plays at the top of the key. I think he's thriving in summer league, and I think – the, the Bucks are a tough place to break in at the power forward and center spot. But it, there's going to be times where Giannis doesn't play, where Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez rest. And I think he's going to work his way into a rotation piece somewhere, even if it's not with the Bucks in the next coming years, and be a unique player in the NBA. And just one of my personal favorites is you talk about watching a lot of college basketball. I watched a ton of Seton Hall games when he was there because he was must-see TV. Um, they're called the Pirates, and he was called Captain Brownbeard. Um, so I, if, if that doesn't get you going on, on a guy, that, that that is one that I'm really a big fan of. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys that were excellent college players that I'm certainly tuning into the summer league to watch and see how their game translates. How about you? Who stood out? Man, I, I absolutely love Sandro Mamukelashvili. He is one of my very favorite players. Uh, I could talk about him all day. That's actually somebody I was hoping to talk about, too. So I'm glad you touched on him. It's somebody, you know, when you look at all these summer league box scores, yeah, it's a little bit inflated because he's not going to do this in the NBA, but he fills the stat sheet. Like he's getting a block, he's getting a steal, he's getting rebounds, he's definitely getting assists, and he's getting points. So I, I really like, um, I really like what he's brought to the table. Uh, somebody for me 
that I like. Um, I mean, your guy, Trey Murphy, always catches my eyes when I'm looking through box scores and stuff. But um, somebody that I see as a potential sleeper, uh, I'll go with somebody from, from last year. He had a terrible game uh, tonight as we're recording, so I, I really don't want to put a ton of stock into this. Still had four assists, but Sharif Cooper, um, I thought he would be a little bit better. He only played 20 minutes in Monday night's game, went 0 of 8, had four assists, three rebounds, and a steal, and four turnovers. But if he could, if he can finish at the rim, I think that's the big thing for him. I think the playmaking will always be there. The speed is so special, but has to make up for that size. Uh, he's somebody who I think, you, you know, you kind of put up the same point about how the Bucks have depth up front, but that doesn't mean Sandro can't get in because he's so unique. He plays such a unique role. Sharif Cooper also kind of plays a unique role being that ultra quick guard. I mean, Atlanta has a history with quick guards uh, like Jeff Teague. And I don't think it's a reach to say you could sneak into like a backup guard position if something like the COVID situation comes back again. Um, something like that or just injuries pile up, Sharif Cooper could be a guy to make a name for himself. Who's your next sleeper uh, that you want to touch on? I, I don't know if he count, counts as a sleeper, but I'm dying to talk about Tari Eason. So, so I'll, I'll put him in this section. Uh, he was the 17th pick and he slipped. I, I had him number 12 on my big board and I'm starting to think that was too low. Uh, Tari Eason is a, is just a phenomenally productive player. Like you talked about his stats at LSU at nauseum. We all did. Um, he was super productive there. He shot 80% yet from the free throw line yet. His shot was the question. He was a defensive nightmare with his blocks and steals, or as we call it stocks, um, production through the roof. Uh, and, and he, and he was growing into his body, learning how to play at LSU as a transfer from Cincinnati. Well, he's, he's put up double doubles in all of his games in the summer league. He's so active. He gets the rim at will. He's hit threes, both off the bounce and catch and shoot. Uh, I think he's going to be a starter in this year for Houston. Like he, he's that good. He's honestly outplayed Jabari Smith, and I'm not saying he's a better player, but that's something that you got to take note of is that they've played just the same amount of NBA games, um, and he's been the better player so far. And I really think players with that type of body type, um, like the two that kind of come to my mind, Patrick Williams, OG Ananobi, obviously Kawhi Leonard is the prototype for that body with big hands, long arms, really kind of raw skill set coming out, but potential. They just don't seem to fail. So I moved him up my big board late, but I, I'm starting to think I was too low on him. His productivity is through the roof. His energy is unbelievable. He, he's he's a guy that seems to be getting drawn rave reviews for his work ethic, and he's learning the game. And I think that you have unlimited potential when you're starting to learn the game now, and you have that productivity without knowing the game as well. And that was a big knock. And whether it's fair or not, the basketball IQ was questioned. I didn't buy into that too much because I thought, wow, this guy's so productive in a in a clogged up floor. Well, imagine if it's opened and he learns how to pass better. Well, I'm starting to see that in the summer league, and it's only going to get better as the years progress. So keep your eyes peeled for Tari Eason and his, his ascent to, I'm not going to say stardom, but but certainly household na name for N casual NBA fans, not just draft junkies like us alike. Yeah, Tari Eason has really made a name for himself. Uh, you know, I, I talked about it a lot, both on Twitter spaces, on here, on tweets. Um, the basketball IQ was something not only like, I mean, there were players that had expressed concerns about it uh, that told me about this. And there were also scouts in, in just general personnel that had said, yeah, like you have to watch for these two main things with Tari East, the left hand, he was very reluctant to use it. And he makes terrible decisions and his feel for the game is weak. 
Uh, that was the vibe from workouts. And it really hasn't mattered that much uh, in summer league. Like that doesn't seem to be an issue. His talent almost supersedes that stuff in a way where it's like, yeah, he might finish with his right a little bit too much, but he still makes it. So does it really matter? Because until I have that Intel, I had him top 10. So I'm right there with you. I think if you just go off the film in the film alone, he's a top 10 player from the draft. What's going to really make a difference is obviously does it scale up to the regular season? And from there, how will he look in the postseason? It's a long ways away because the Rockets are not making the postseason anytime soon. So um, that's a, that's a bit away, but somebody who I like uh, as the next player to list is Yuhan uh, Bejerine. I, th- I think I'm saying it right. He's from, he's on the Celtics. He's from France, had a big game on Monday night, had 13 points, six rebounds, two assists, three steals, seven turnovers. But uh, you'll see that trend a lot. I mean, the team's average like 17 or 16 a game, which is way up from the regular season shot five of 11 had an absolutely explosive uh, poster, but he is somebody who I think he was drafting stash could be really be, and making the roster, the end of the roster as a backup guard. I really like his potential over in Boston. So uh, give us one more before uh, before we head into the next uh, portion of the show. Yeah, I, I, I like Begarin as well. I, I, I'm a fan of his game. I, I think a guy that I, we'd be remiss not to mention, I know you really like him as well as Jericho Sims. Uh, Jericho Sims is a freak athlete playing center for the Knicks. He's been dominant in two games. He is a sophomore in this, um, in the NBA and he played four years at Texas, but his defensive versatility and athleticism scream out NBA player to me. And I think he's going to carve out a role. And, and obviously Jalen Duran was there for the Knicks and, you know, that I, I love Jalen Duran. I had him to a number six on my board, and I think he's going to be an all-star, as I said, in our bold predictions thing. So so I do think they miss there, but they they certainly have a capable center in their midst. Um, and, and I think Jericho Sims is making a real name for himself. And he's a guy that I, I think will be blocking shots, playing with energy as a backup this year. And I think down the road, he'll be a starting center, despite being a four-year starter. Uh, which isn't considered a bad thing by, by NBA, like general managers. They're like, Oh, he didn't develop until later. And, and this athleticism somehow didn't result in absolute dominance, but, but he's really, really putting it together, uh, figuring out how to play. Um, and he's a double, double machine in the summer league. And I think he's going to be an energy big for years in the NBA. So he's a guy to keep your eyes peeled for. And for those of you who love college basketball, he played for, for Texas on a team that was filled with great athletes, but I think he was the best athlete despite Greg Brown being on that team. Yeah, and, and great athletes at his position. Like, there were three guys who played very similar roles to him. Greg Brown wasn't an identical role, but he was a, he was a forward version of him. Uh, not really shooting, but just kind of being a play finisher at times and defender. And then he also had Kai Jones, who was quite the athlete as well, who uh, I can't believe that's the first time we're saying anybody from Charlotte because who knows what that situation will look like with Alperego. But feels like they kind of went similar situation there. But um, I'll give uh, one – Really, last one, I'll stay on the Hornets. Um, I really like JT Thor. I liked him last year. Um, I could see him taking a jump and getting into the rotation just because who knows what that front court is going to fully be. Um, I can't remember who exactly they signed besides like uh, – I, I, I can't remember their moves actually. I can't remember if, what their trades were. Uh, but I know they got Mark Williams in the draft. That'll cut in a little bit there. And Kai Jones got hurt. They, in that. they have Mc, they have McGowan's as well. Right. Um, but I don't know what NBA moves they made at the front court. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't think it was anything drastic. They, they got Mark Williams and kind of called it a day, right? Like, 
Yeah. Uh, somebody roast me on Twitter if I'm wrong. But um, to me, the JT Thor sign or uh, draft pick last year, I really liked him as an upside play. He's never going to be a year one guy, regardless of the coach. Um, his ability to stretch the floor, potentially put the ball on the floor. And as he adds weight, I think would really help him on defense. He had some great defensive possessions in college. Could see him as one of the big next year jumps from summer league. But uh, let's talk about some sleepers from this year's undrafted. Like let's focus just on this year's undrafted uh, free agency real quick. Uh, But first uh, let's hear from some local sponsors. Back at Locked On NBA Big Board again, my name, Richard Stamen, known as Mavs Draft on Twitter and back with Leaf Tulene, uh, the grinder, the man who watches a ton of college basketball, which is perfectly suited for this next portion of the show. Let's talk about some of the big undrafted studs so far in the summer league. Uh, there's a good amount of undrafted players in this. You can, uh, And for Leaf, I'll, I'll let you choose because choosing just this year is hard. So let's do any undrafted player. Stick with them. I'll start first. I'm going to go with somebody who this year, um, if you followed my Twitter, I had like all of his workouts posted. I love Darius Days. And he had a big game Monday night. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds on five of 10 shooting, three of seven from three. Just really good at just the little things. Like he does, he has a very specific role. He stretches the floor, he cuts, he dunks, and he plays defense. That is the things he does in the court. It's a very simple role, but he does such a good job at those things. And I actually think he is somebody who could scale up, get a two-way, maybe even fight for a roster spot, one of the final 15 roster spots in training camp. But with this game alone, I think he's really secured himself a path towards being in training camp. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Who are, who's an undrafted guy you like, uh, Leaf? Yeah, uh, I, have, I have one from college and one from, from not college that I thought both were very draftable, and I think we're going to agree at least on one of them, I think both. Uh, one, is, one is Justin Lewis from Marquette. He's on the Bulls. Uh, I think that I talked about the necessity for wings for a long time, and I think you, you, you talk about the modern NBA, what do you need? Rangy, scalable, versatile wings. And, and this guy is six seven. He rebounds the ball like crazy. He's got a seven three wingspan, shoots the ball pretty well. And uh, you, you saw him early put thrust into the fire defending um, good players. Uh, he defended A.J. Lawson and Jaden Hardy at times. And, and Jaden Hardy was going for the game winner, and Justin Lewis guarded him um, in that first one. Uh, first summer league game. And I think Justin Lewis is going to carve his way into a, a role player for the Bulls uh, in the future. And and he's from he's an undrafted guy from this year. And another one was Dom Barlow. Um, and he just signed a contract with the Spurs. Uh, I really liked what I saw from him at the Combine. And he's uh, turned that into a, a professional contract with the Spurs, um, just off being energetic, hustling, um, and showing versatility as a big kind of wing that can play on the interior as well and he's got a lot of upside as a younger guy and i just like that archetype of player another guy that i really liked is jabari walker he was drafted 58th with the final pick um and i think he's going to play his way into a long nba career so those are two or two undrafted and one final draft pick of the draft um that i really really like and i think all three of them will be successful nba players yeah i like those picks um i'll i'll kind of do a double portion too I liked Keon Ellis a ton, another guy who I had a lot of plugging in with uh, this draft season. Has had some really good shooting performances, had six assists on Sunday's game against Indiana. So even even when he wasn't having his jump shot fall, he was three of seven from three. So actually not bad at all, six of six from the line. Had 15 points, six assists, three steals, three rebounds, one block. 
Like you see, he's just impacting the game. And that was always how it was at Alabama. And I really like that. Um, I'm going to throw it back to somebody who wasn't draft or wasn't in this year's draft or last year's, but 2020. And after his performance Sunday night against the Memphis Grizzlies, I, I, he looked like the best player out on the floor. And that included before that was with uh, Santi Aldama, who looked incredible. And that's Kevon Harris from the Minnesota Timberwolves. He went 50% shooting, 17 points, had two steals. It was just really, you could feel his motor and ability to get to where he wanted to on offense. I think he's somebody who's for sure going to be in training camp. Really excited to see what he does. Uh, Leaf, send us home with uh, one more undrafted player you've been a fan of. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with one I don't necessarily think is going to have the biggest role, but it's just hard not to love him and his productivity. That's Kenny Lofton Jr. Um, okay. He got he got on the highlights of, for, for kind of pushing Chet under the rim. And I, and I want to clarify, I don't think that he won that matchup whatsoever, but you're not supposed to win that matchup. What he did do is he scored, he's put himself on the map, and he showed his ability to stretch the floor, which is his big ticket, is you need to be able to shoot and – and he needs to work on defense, but he's shown his offensive arsenal. He's he's got good hands defensively, he's long arms, he's been able to score over NBA length and then some, such as Chet. And uh, he also is the reason the US won the FIBA U19s. He he pushed Victor Wen Benyama under the rim and got him into foul trouble and took out the best player in that game, even though he was 17 years old. So that's a sneak peek for next year's draft. And you'll, you'll be hearing his name at nauseum. But uh Kenny Lofton Jr. is just a kind of a feel-good success story. I really like what he does and there's a place in the NBA for productivity. Yeah. I mean, even though he has an awkward, uh, like he's like six, 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 seven, for those who don't know, I mean, he's a big guy. Um, he is very wide, uh, not to like, you know, body shame, not anything wrong with it, but he's definitely a little bit oversized in the NBA standards for what he does and under or undersized for what he does oversized uh, by general, what six, seven players are. Um, he is just dominant in the post. I remember when I went to the conference USA tournament, uh, you know, I was right up close, uh, and he went against seven, four, seven, five, Jamarian sharp, who is probably the best shot walker, not named Walker Kessler in the country this year. Right. we like back me up if I'm wrong, but correct me if I'm wrong, back me up if I'm right. No, and, you're right. Uh, you're right. Dude, dude was cooking him. He was cooking him. Like he sharp could not stay with him. And it was nuts. They almost had a foot of difference of height difference. And like, that is just remarkable. Yes. His game is outdated. He's a post player, but I highlighted some of this about a month ago, right before the draft, how his jump shots actually kind of projectable. And he's a really, really good passer. Like his feel for the game is off the charts. That's such a good pick. I don't have anything else to even come, come close to match that. Uh, and I love that pick. Like I can't back that up enough. I was somebody who was like, eh, how does it translate? And then in the final days before the draft, I was like, okay, like, Feel for the game matters a ton. In the NBA, that is something that a lot of people overlook is feel for the game matters like a, a ton. I don't know how else to word this, but everybody has the talent, right? Knowing how to use that talent consistently every single play and maximizing your strengths every single play is an absolute gift. Look at guys like Grant Williams, and that's where Kenneth Lofton comes in. Yes, it's a very weird role that he's a post scorer that doesn't play defense and can pass and shoot, but I think there's a place for it. I have a crazy comparison for Kenny Lofton, actually. Just imagine a 80 pounds bigger Jalen Brunson. And, and, and he plays in the post in the similar way that Brunson does at the guard spot, but he, he does it instead of playing 6'1 guy, Brunson being 6'1, 6'2. 
but bullying like six, five lanky guards. What he does, is he does to six, 11, seven footers. And he uses the guile, the, the uh, spins and he, high, he plays his game to perfection because it's so well honed in by him, but it's unconventional to others. So I think there is a spot in the NBA for Kenny Lofton and he'll certainly, if not be an incredibly productive G league player. Um, I just, I really want to emphasize that he's not necessarily one that's got the easiest path, but his skill level is extraordinarily high. And uh, while you were talking, I was like, man, he sounds like he's talking about a big version of Jalen Brunson. So for those of you who haven't seen him, just kind of imagine a, a supersized Jalen Brunson also happens to be left-handed. And, and I think you see Kenny Lofton. Yeah, it's an interesting comparison. Uh, you know, they are both left-handed, so that always helps. But I, I'm not against it. I can definitely get on board with this. So I uh, really appreciate the insight, Leaf, as always. Again, this is why I love Leaf being on the show here. Like, I mean, I text him all the time about random college stuff and random basketball stuff, the most obscure of the obscure. And he's so good at it. He knows what he's talking about. And, like, here he is talking about a player from Conference USA uh, that really had probably, what, two games, maybe five. Uh, if you count CBS Sports as national TV, like a handful of games on national TV, and he's out here knowing like his inside-out game and everything. So really love having him on. Leaf, thank you very much for joining. You can find him at Leaf Tulene on Twitter. I am at Mavstraff. Thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.